0: and an honor, uh, to be part of that. This morning, we want to finish up our series on prayer and faith. Hopefully, the, uh, the Christmas sweaters and the Christmas songs won't be uh, too much of a distraction uh, as we wrap up this, this prayer and faith series. Next week will be all about Christmas and all about uh, the real reason for the season uh, like I said, I want to wrap this up and um, finish up this series this morning. The first four uh, in this series were we're talking about faith, and we discussed what faith really was or really is. And if I had to boil it all down into one statement, when we talk about faith, it is is faith is trusting in God enough to do what He says? Trusting in God enough to do what He says. It's not a powerful imagination. It has nothing to do with with doubt, the absence of it, or the absence of fear. Faith is literally just trusting God enough to do what He says. Then we rolled into prayer. And last week we talked about how there were a couple of unexpected experts in prayer. We found experts in prayer in the very bizarre places. In the backwoods of of Elkanah's home, uh, we found Hannah. And then we found the Canaanite woman. Several weeks back we talked about how there's, there can be static on the line and, and that prevents our prayer and prevents God from hearing our prayer when there's static on the line. The things that cause God to actually turn His face away from us. We talked about persistence and how important it is to be persistent in prayer. To be constantly asking God uh, for His provision and His help. So this morning we want to tie this all together. We want to bring it all, we want to wrap it all together and bring it all together so that we can to fully get a grasp on it and put it into practice. Please understand that this message is not meant to be some sort of prayer formula. It's not a prayer formula. There is no such thing. God just wants to hear from you. We want to use this message and, and really this passage as a springboard to what we're going to study. And if, if we want answers, if we want God to listen to us, there are a few things that we should check. One thing we need to check is, are we in the family? Because privileges like the promises and, and like the things that God gives us are, the, are for those who are in the family. And we need to make sure that we are in the family. And second, we need to have alignment with, with God's will. Without alignment... Uh, with God's will, our, our prayers are, are hindered, and they don't go as far. Let me use this illustration. I, I have my cell phone in my pocket, and in fact, right, I do right now. I have it in there on most occasions, and if I'm in a meeting or an appointment, it's, it's obviously in vibrate mode, but if it goes off, I often will take it out and find out who it is. This morning I can look out into the audience and see all of those that fully rely on me. So if you call me this morning or if you text me during this message, don't expect me to reach in my pocket and find out who it is. Because I can see those that I need to take care of, that I need to make sure are okay. However, if they weren't here, if they were at home and the phone vibrated in my pocket, I might pull it out. Because they would know that I'm probably preaching, and if they called during that time, it was a major emergency, right? I was in a meeting about four or five weeks ago, maybe more. Uh, They knew I was in a meeting, and my cell phone went off. And I had to answer it, because it was Carol. And she had had a flat tire, she was stuck on the side of the road, and didn't know how to change the tire. Well... She could have probably figured it out. She just couldn't find the jack. She couldn't find the spare tire. And so I had to go help her. Why is that? Why is it that they have instant access to me all the time? Because they're my family. They count on me. It's my first and foremost priority. If any of the rest of you call while I'm in a meeting, don't expect to be picked up. It'll probably just, I'll hit the button and make it go away, and I'll call you in a little while, right? It's the same way with our Father in Heaven. We get through to Him by having a relationship with Him. It all starts with having a relationship, with being a son or daughter of the King. But even if there is, even if we are sons and daughters, there's, there's those obedient sons, sons and daughters and those disobedient sons and daughters, I gave the illustration last week about Colton irritating his his sisters and then coming and asking me for something. And I mentioned that I would probably drop kick him off the back porch and then maybe see what he needed. It's an alignment factor. This message is an alignment factor. There's an alignment factor to our prayer. And in 1 John chapter 5, look at it with me. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, what's your Bible say? According to his will. He hears us. There's an alignment factor. He wants us to pray his heart. And in order to pray his heart, we have to align our hearts with his. We have to align our hearts with the will of God. And so in order to get that accomplished, we're going to look at a passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. If you've got your Bible with us with you this, this morning, I want you to turn there with me. Um, most of you will find this this passage very familiar, and some of you may even have this this prayer memorized. Many religions both man-made and God-made religions will have memorized this prayer. And somewhere down the line have come across this prayer and said, we need to memorize this because this is what God said or Christ said Should we should pray. It's a very misunderstood passage of Scripture. Before we dive into it, let's look to God in a word of prayer. God, I thank you so much for being our God, for bringing all these beautiful people together this morning. Uh, ugly sweaters and all. God, I thank you so much for being our God and taking such great care of us and allowing us to be part of who you are. God, I pray that as we learn how faith and prayer interact with each other, and God, how this prayer that Jesus prayed, that Jesus taught, God, that we can use it in our own prayer lives to align ourselves with your will. God, I pray that you'll bless us now, give us boldness and courage to make this a part of of us. Uh, so that we can glorify you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, you can help me, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a misunderstood passage of scripture because we think that it's something that we should memorize and it's something that we should recite. That's not it. Jesus put this here. He was teaching the disciples. He was teaching those who were following him to pray like this, not to pray this prayer. Let me show you what I mean, why, why, why I believe that. In, over in the book of Luke, chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And as John taught his disciples, he said to them, When you pray, Father, hallowed be their name, your kingdom come. Wait, there's a piece missing there. And then he goes right on to give us this day... Our, our give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we've for, forgiven everyone's sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. There's two and, or three key phrases that are missing out of that particular passage. Do you think Luke just forgot them? Do you think Jesus just forgot them? Do you think Jesus was just having a brain cramp this day and, and just forgot to say that part of the, of the prayer? I don't think so. I think this was a pattern. And since it was a pattern, it doesn't necessarily have to be memorized word for word. It's just simply a pattern. It's something that's set out so that we can, a pattern to follow. Matthew chapter 6, look at the beginning of um, just a couple verses ahead of, of where we're reading it. It says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. This then is how you should pray. And he goes on with this prayer. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it assumes that we have a personal relationship with God. This is a pattern, but it also assumes something very, very, very personal. It says, Father in heaven. If he is our father, then what must we be? We must be sons and daughters. There's an adoption process that takes place. We are children of the world. We are children of, of uh, really our own sinful desires. And in order to be part of who God is and, and who Christ is, there's an adoption process that needs to take place. This is a personal prayer. John 14 and verse 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me culture in America kind of assumes that we're all God's children and, and if you're an American well then you must be a Christian. And it's becoming less and less that way but for most people they think they're a child of God and in a sense yes because we're made in the image of God but unless we've been adopted into the family we can't count on the blessing and promise that come from belonging to him and him to us. Matthew 7 a very revealing passage of scripture starting in verse 21 says not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father is in hev- who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock, The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against it, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. It's important to to make this prayer, to make our prayer, and in order for this prayer to work it, we have to have a personal relationship. With God, And thirdly, I want you to notice that in this prayer that all the pronouns are plural. All these pronouns are plural. You notice that he doesn't say I and me. It's us and we. There's another passage in Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel's kind of confessing for the entire nation of Israel and he says over and over and over again, we have sinned. Forgive us for sinning. God, please forgive us. We need to realize that We are interconnected. We're a body of Christ. Your sin impacts me. My sin impacts you. This pattern shows that we should ask God to forgive our sins. Have you ever been embarrassed by something another Christian has done? I have. And you know what? When we feel that, we need to ask God, to forgive them. It's our duty. Christ prayed it. So with those things in mind, I want us to dive into this, this prayer, and we're going we're gonna to split it out into six different things that we personally and as a church we can pray, okay? And we're just going to dive right into it and um, take each part of it and, and look at it and, and briefly go through each one. So in order to align our prayers with God's Priorities. We need to, and and the first one here is praying about God's reputation. What's the first pass? What's the first part of this prayer? Hallowed be your name. We want His name to be honored. We want God's name to be honored, and this is a great start. It leads us into a prayer that is going to be prayed for God's honor. When we open up a connection, when we open up a vertical connection with God, it's immediately what is God's heart. What is on God's mind what is God's will for my, for my life and this is a, a great place to start what, what kinds of things are going to make God look good those are the things we should be praying for those are the things that we should be after some other things that bring God honor our unity brings God honor in John chapter 17 and verse 22 it says I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as, as we are one oneness unity brings God honor our morality and good deeds bring God honor. First, First Peter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify God on the day he visits us our morality and our good deeds are going to bring God glory. We need to pray to that end. God, help me be the person you want me to be today so that I can bring you honor. Our courage brings God honor. How we handle the deep weeds of life brings God honor. John chapter 21 and verse 19, Jesus said to indicate this, the kind of death in which Peter would glorify God. Wow, really? A dead guy glorifies God? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that the way Peter approached death is what glorified God. What's your view on death? How do you view it? When someone dies, how do you how do you interact with it? How do you respond to it? People are watching, and it brings God honor to glorify Him in all of those things. Hallowed be your name. Secondly, gotta have some kingdom initiatives. Your kingdom come is the next phrase in in. We can't call it the Lord's prayer because it's really not God's. It's not His prayer. It's it's our prayer. It's it's the prayer that He wants us to pray. Your kingdom come. Tell me something. Was the Lord's Church established when Jesus prayed this prayer? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't there yet. The Lord's Church was established on the day of Pentecost. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead death three, three days later, and roamed around, continued the gospel for 40 days on this earth. And then he ascended back into heaven. He had this little meeting with the, with the apostles and he sent them into Jerusalem and they were to wait there for the Holy Spirit to come with power. That was when the Holy Spirit was going to come. That was when the Lord's church was going to be established Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 3,000 people were saved that day, were baptized into Christ that day when Peter gave that first gospel sermon. The Lord's church was established there. So can we pray that, that his kingdom will come? No, we can't. Technically, no, because It's here. So how can we pray this part? Really, this is all about kingdom expansion. How does the kingdom expand? How does the, how, does the, how does the life of a Christian reflect the fact that we want the kingdom to expand? John chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot be in God's kingdom. People need to be born again. There's a rebirth that needs to take place. That needs to happen in each and every life. When we ask God's kingdom to come, it's not about righteous laws. It's not about uh, it's not political in nature. It's it's not looking for a, a national liberation from sin. That's not what it's about. What it's about is we're asking God to change the hearts of individuals that happen to be without Him. We want those who are now God's enemies to become grafted into the family. To become part of the kingdom. We want to see them adopted like we have been. Matthew 28, Jesus gives a commission. He says, this is what we should do. Jesus came to them and he said in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you, always to the very end of the age. Justice, compassion are all very great things. And this time of year there's all sorts of people doing amazing things for for others. For those that are needy, for those that are without. Those are all great things, but without changing people from satan's team to god's team we really aren't getting anything accomplished praying for the government elected officials is a great thing but the main priority is kingdom expansion kingdom initiatives is this going to build the kingdom of god is this going to allow more people to become citizens of this kingdom God wants to grow His kingdom. God wants as many people in heaven with Him as He can get. It's our job to keep kingdom initiatives in mind. Romans 14 and verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. Kingdom initiatives. One, we need to look at God's reputation. Secondly, kingdom initiatives. We need to expand the kingdom. And third, we need to align ourselves with God's will. It says, your will be done. Have you ever noticed that most of the time when we pray for God's will, it's not really something that is, uh, I'll say, in the middle. It's, it's usually something weird. It's usually something real extreme, like, like should I buy a red one or an orange one? Should I take this job or that? Uh, Should I date that girl or this girl? Should I live in this house or that one? We need to understand that God's will is much more about direction than it is turn-by-turn navigation. It's more about direction. It's more about the direction God wants us to go. And if we're going in that direction, if we're moving in that direction, that's what God wants. That's alignment with God's will. Here's a few more. There's a few passages that tell us very plainly what God's will is. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Remember the illustration of the brownie on the kitchen table? The young man reaches over and grabs that brownie and gives it a big old lick and puts it back on the plate and then finishes potatoes. He sanctified that brownie. He is saving that brownie for when it's His time to eat that brownie. God says we want, He wants us to be sanctified. You should avoid sexual immorality. That's part of sanctification. You know, this world is flooded with sexual immorality. God wants us to be separated from that. He wants us to avoid that and not be involved in it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. For you who belong to Christ Jesus. Being thankful. You ever know people are just like constantly complaining about everything? I hope they're not your Christian friends. Because we need to be thankful in all circumstances. I love it when it snows. I love it when it's icy. I love it when it's 95 degrees. I love it. All those are great because you know what? God gave it to us. That's what God gave us. You be thankful in all circumstances. 1 Peter 2.15, it says, It is God's will that you live honorable lives. They should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. And then my favorite, Romans 12.2, it says, Don't copy the behavior, customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By what? By changing the way we think. Don't let your mind be swayed into thinking the way the world thinks. Let's align ourselves with an almighty God. And that's what this prayer is asking us to do. It's God' reputation. It's it's kingdom initiatives. It's alignment with God's will. And this fourth one, material provision. Our daily bread. Jesus told us to pray for our daily bread. And it's funny, because this one, you, you think, well, this one's not that big a deal. I mean, it's pretty easy for us to ask for things. We're constantly wanting things. We, we think uh, uh, oftentimes we mistake Jesus for... Santa Claus, and we're just, yeah, I'm going to be good, Jesus, so you can give me all these things, right? Yeah. And it's funny because we mess this one up often. I think a lot of times we're polar opposites, too, with this one. You're either a person that prays clear over on this end, or clear over on this end. And and on the top end, we find the prayer that is extreme in this, in this top end. And he prays, God, I want to be healthy, wealthy, and I want to be wise. And on the other end, it's it's the extreme the other way. It's, God, if I can just have a few crumbs of bread and, and a glass of water and a slab of concrete to sleep on, I'll be good. We pray in one or the other when we're, when we're praying for provision. When we're on this extreme, we pray, well, well, God, it's it's not just, God, I need a car. It's, God, I want a, a 2015 GMC 2500 HD with a Denali package in, and I want a Duramax diesel in it with an Allison transmission. I want all of that, right? <laughs> Praying for the moon, right? Or vice versa on the other end, where it's just, like I said, a slab of concrete and just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and and these people over here say that about these people over here that if, if they have something nice, then then they should have probably given it to missions and, and you know help some needy soul out. Here's what we need to understand. It's perfectly alright to ask him for anything. Not only what you need, not only what you need to get by, but anything. Wants, needs, it doesn't matter. It's okay to ask God for it. Because even if it's not spiritual, even if it's not something that, that He can just bless you with, He can work that out. He, he can determine that. That's His job, not ours. It's our job just to be communicating with Him, just to be talking with Him, and just to be, be working that out. There is balance in it. We obviously, we need to have some balance. We don't want to be too crazy on one end or the other. Here's the the key. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If you're anxious about it, God wants to hear about it. If it's on your mind, He wants it on His mind. He wants you to talk to Him about it. it. If you're thinking about it, then He should know about it. That's how simple it is. This, this next passage helps us with balance as well. James chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires that war wage, wage war against you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. We need to ask for our material provision. We need to ask God for that. That's something that God can bless with and God wants to give. In a sea of boredom, when you're trying to fall asleep in the middle of the night, you go to this next passage in First Chronicles. It is in the midst of the most... Well, I can't say the most. Leviticus is pretty bad. But this Chronicles is one of those that just kind of goes on and on and on. And it's just not that exciting. First Chronicles chapter 4. And, and what's funny is even chapter 4 is extremely boring for the first several chapters or first several verses. And then we have this little tiny story right in the middle of it that just totally lights up this chapter. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9. We hear about a guy named... Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Honor, that's a good thing, right? His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. How would you like a name like that? Howdy folks, my name is Misery. I bring pain wherever I go. Look what he prays. He cried out to the Lord and he says, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And then the Bible says God came down and just squished him like a bug. Is that what your Bible says? It doesn't. What does it say? It says God granted his request. It needs to be balanced. We need to ask God for the moon and beyond. (laughs) That 2015 finale. But when he doesn't give it, know that God's will, what God has for you, is what you need. Ask for whatever it is, but then don't get mad at God when he doesn't bless like he did Jabez. There's another guy that starts with the same letter in the Old Testament. His name was Job. And he was a very honorable man. Just like Jabez. And I'm sure Job wanted all of those great things and had all of those great things, but what took place there? God said, no. You're going to lose it all. I'm going to take all of that away. Whether we're praying for the moon or whether we're praying for meager means, we need to have some balance in it. You won't receive the greatest of great if you don't ask like Jabez. But realize that even if you are honorable in the sight of God, sometimes the answer is no. And you may lose everything like Job did. I don't understand it. When I get there, I'm going to ask a line of questions regarding this. Why do some give you give to some and not to others? Why do some get exactly what they need and why do others not? I want to understand that. All I know is that God is good all the time. God is good. He's God and I'm not. He understands it. I must not. Evidently, I must not get it. One, we need to pray for God's reputation. Two, for kingdom initiatives. Three, for alignment with God's will, four for material possessions, and this fifth one, forgiveness of our sins as we also have forgiven. We need to ask for forgiveness of sins, not just ours, but others as well. Check this out. God, please forgive me for the way I responded to Carol today. God, forgive me just the way that I forgave her. That's going to change some marriages. If we pray for God to forgive me just like I have forgiven others, that's going to change the way I deal with people. That's going to change the way I love people. That's going to change the way I overlook their faults. Jesus says, pray, God, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven others. And he knew we weren't going to get this. He knew that we were just going to breeze through it and not really grab a hold of what this really means. Because look, the next couple of verses after the Lord, after this prayer, it says in verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Change the language of your confessions. And it will change our hearts and align them with God's. If we change the way we confess, if we change the way we forgive, it's going to change our relationship with God and others. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in, for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you, when you stand praying, if you hold something against them, anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven... May forgive your sins. Colossians 3 and verse 13, the blanket of mercy passage says, Make allowance for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. God, please forgive us just like we have forgiven others. If we're praying that prayer, it's going to align our hearts with God's. Alignment is what God wants. Alignment is what He wants in our prayer. God's reputation, kingdom initiatives, alignment with God's will, material possessions, forgiveness, just the way we have forgiven others. And last, spiritual protection. It says, deliver us from evil. John chapter 17, Jesus prayed this prayer. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. When Jesus was praying this, he didn't exactly know what kind of messes the disciples were going to face. He was probably praying it not just for the disciples that were alive there today, but for all of history. Do you think Jesus really thought about what you did this week, the mess you made this week of your life when he was there praying it? He could have. But I don't know that he was thinking about all of these things. We need to do the same. We need to think ahead and pray ahead of the situation. We have this wonderful prayer list, and it has all of these different things and all of these different requests that are coming in. We need to look at those things, but we also need to look ahead. And we need to pray proactively. We need to ask God to protect each other, protect individuals from the things that may someday take place. We are to be alert to the slight changes in others' attitudes and their relationships with God. This is a proactive prayer. We need to prepare in prayer for what is even slightly concerning. Don't wait till our brothers and sisters are deep in trouble, till they're in deep weeds of trouble. Pray for them now. Pray that they don't fall into those troubles. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Proactively pray for stuff coming. Let me give you an example. Raising teenagers is a, is a huge challenge. And we have several young people that are moving into that high school years, and their parents are working endlessly. <laughs> I say tirelessly, but we're tired. We can start praying right now for Justin and Cindy as they're raising Elise and as they're pulling Elise into a relationship with God as she enters high school. We can be praying for John and Sarah because they're doing the same with Andrew. They're trying to help him be the man that God wants him to be. Let's pray on ahead. Let's pray on ahead for Brandon and Rachel as they're Binding their lives together for an eternity, or for the rest of their lives, right? They're going to get married this summer, or this spring, whenever it is. Yeah, this spring. Let's pray on ahead, right? Let's look around the room and instead of just praying for each individual, let's pray on ahead. Let's pray that that Larry gets that that job promotion that he needs, so that he can provide for his family better. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It's not hard to. To think about on ahead. Protect them from the evil one. God, we want your protection on these individuals so that they can honor you in their life. Pray on ahead. Jesus did this. Look at the example in Luke 22. This is an amazing example of this exact thing that we're talking about. Luke 22 and verse 32. It says... But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. What happened later on in this passage of Scripture? Peter denied that he even knew the Lord. Obviously, Jesus could read Peter's mind and he knew Peter's spirit and he knew what was going to take place. But he's praying proactively. Look at it. It says, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. He knew that it was going to happen. He knew that Peter would come back. He knew that that was going to take place. Pray for things that we think might happen. Stay alert. Watch out. First Peter 5 tells us, Your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour It's no longer the Lord's prayer, it's our prayer. It's the prayer that we should be following after because this prayer aligns us with what God wants us to do. God's reputation, kingdom initiatives, alignment with God's will, material possessions, forgiveness the way we have forgiven, and spiritual protection. All six of these things are amazing things that we can pray to align ourselves with an almighty God. God's message, your move. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to dig for these discussion guides is what I'm going to do about it. They're in here somewhere. They're stuck. I got most of them. This morning when we break up into small groups, the discussion guides are going to be slightly different. And what they're going to be is a much more uh, a prayer time than just a discussion time. And there's somewhat of a script written out for the leader of the group to pray. And I know that's strange. I know we don't read prayers. But it's beneficial in this particular case to start practicing these types of things. And so we're going to do that as a group. And you don't have to... It says here, uh, posture isn't important. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to get on your knees. You don't have to bow your head. Just have a conversation. Invite God to join your conversation and then have these conversations and talk about these six things. Structure is not important. You don't have to start with a specific phrase or end with a specific phrase. You know, it doesn't have to be, everyone doesn't have to participate if, you're, if you don't want to. Uh, it, but I highly encourage it. This time of prayer needs to be respectful and honoring of God, but I want it to be more conversational. I want it to be more a time where we just sit and converse, and we just sit and talk about these things that we need to be praying for. So it'll be just a little bit different, and I hope that that will be uh, acceptable to you, and I hope it won't be too weird, too strange. Um, so anyway, but I think it'll be a good, um, a good habit and a good practice for us to do. This morning, so we'll, we'll stand up, we'll pray, and we'll let the kids go to class, and then um, we'll break up into small groups and go through these discussion guides. I appreciate your attention, and I thank you for, for being here this morning and for making um, this time a priority in your life. And uh, hopefully, that this series, the faith and prayer series, has blessed your life. We'll move on to some new things next week, obviously Christmas stuff and New Year's stuff, and uh, some good things coming up. Uh, Secret Sister Luncheon this afternoon at 5 o'clock out at Johnson's Corner, I believe. And so ladies are all going out that us dads are going to be sitting around taking care of the kids this afternoon. Maybe uh, do some Christmas shopping for mom. Might be a good idea. Uh, Be a good opportunity. So um, let's do that this afternoon. Uh, There will not be classes or um, elective classes this evening here at the building. We will be back here uh, Wednesday evening, if I'm not mistaken and um, back here at 7 o'clock uh, for our midweek service. We have a, uh, one more chapter and love does and then we'll have a I think the following week we'll have a video uh, a Bob Goff video. So those will be look forward, something to look forward to on Wednesday night. And after the first of the year, I want to now tell you about this too. After the first of the year um, there's going to be an amazing guest speaker, well he's not a guest amazing speaker that's going to come and tell us about talk to us about uh, the difference between evolution and creation. Um, Brad Mastin has been studying this for a long time, sort of have made it his, his baby. He's sort of really dove into, uh, he's, he's gone way deep into a lot of these things, and he wants to present some of that stuff, and so that'll be coming up on Wednesday night after we finish up with the Love Does. And um, so invite your friends. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good quality things discussed um, by Brad on Wednesday night uh, coming up real soon. All right, what else did I forget to announce? Okay. Okay. All right, Ceci needs some furniture moved. If there's anybody that can help her out today, we'd uh, greatly appreciate it. So if you can swing that, um, give, her, uh, give her a call or talk to her today before you leave church. All right, who else? Any, any other announcements? Yes, thank you. There are a bunch of cards over here on this table. And uh, we had them out on Wednesday night. We're calling it Love Does Christmas. We've, we've chosen several families um, that we're going to help out this Christmas. And uh, friends of ours or neighbors or, or somebody that we've come in contact with. And so all of those cards, we just want them signed by everyone in the church. Uh, the family that I've chosen, or the two families I've chosen, I want our, the, the gifts I'm going to give and the things I'm going to give to come from all of us in the church, and so if you can sign those cards, make sure your name's on every single one of those cards, so that when we give those gifts, that we would pass those things on it can be from the entire congregation okay, so if you haven't done that those are laying out there on the, on the table, alright what else? cookie exchange next week Four o'clock next week. Okay, good. How many dozen? Six dozen. Make it seven or ten. Allow your other ten. Here, here for the cookies. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, let's be standing. We'll dismiss in prayer, and the uh, kids can go to class, and the adults can uh, make circles with chairs and uh, and uh, have these discussions. Let's let's pray. God, thank you so much once again for being our God. Uh, we thank you for the honor it is to be called one of yours, to be a son or daughter of you, of you. God, we thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made in sending your son to die on the cross for us and what that means to us, that reconciliation that that brings, and God, allowing us to be part of your team and allowing us to be part of what you are. God, thank you for the excitement and encouragement of this time of year. And God, even more than that, thank you for the excitement encouragement and the hope that we have in heaven. Uh, Please help us to continue to focus on these things and to focus on how our prayer aligns our hearts with you. God, I pray that as we uh, go into discussions today that it will be an impactful time that we will be able to take it on and uh, apply it to our lives in a way that can bless uh, our lives and and make us more like you. Uh, We we love you. We thank you for the relationship that we're allowed to have with you. We pray that uh, we will be able to rub off on, on others that we're around. God, help us to be an encouragement to all those who are around the rest of today and every day, God. Please bless as we go to discussion and go to classes that you'll you'll be with that time as well. pray the things in Jesus' name. Amen.